1: Conspiracy Unlimited
2: with Richard Serrett
0: On this episode a revealing look at demons, devils, fallen angels and the darker side of human nature.
1: People manifest symptoms and behaviors that can look like demonic possession on their own. I've actually seen it happen in a physical therapy unit where there were children who had some mental issues and it looked like they were possessed. Now, I'm not going to say that this doesn't exist, but are these priests and are these demonologists viewing what they're dealing with through a distorted lens based upon their own beliefs?
0: This podcast is sponsored by International Star. Choosing a gift for someone special can be a daunting task. Whether it's a birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversary, or any other big day, you want a gift that's unique and perfect for that person who already has everything. International Star Registry can help. They've been providing unique gift ideas for over 25 years. International Star Registry lets you name an actual star in the sky after your special someone. Name a star after someone you care about and they'll remember it forever and never forget your thoughtfulness. The address is getarealstar.com. Getarealstar.com to give someone the gift of a real star in the sky. That address again, getarealstar.com.
2: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads, exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites.
0: I just wanted to give you an update on the raccoons in the attic situation. That scratching noise that kept me up for two consecutive nights has now stopped, uh, which means one of three things. Number one, there isn't a raccoon in the attic. Uh, Perhaps it was just on the roof trying to get in for two straight nights. It couldn't get in and gave up and then moved on. Number two, I imagined the whole thing, some sort of auditory hallucination that comes with too little sleep and perhaps old age. Uh, And three, this one really concerns me. Uh, There is an expectant female raccoon in the attic above my head and all has quieted down because she's getting ready to have her litter. Quite frankly, I'm hoping it's the auditory hallucination. I suppose I can't entirely discount a fourth option, demonic activity? Why not? Uh, I do, for the record, believe in an unseen world. I, I believe in angels, both kinds, the good and the fallen variety. And as a uh, Bible-believing Christian, I believe in the existence of demons. In fact, I, w- I was talking about demonic possession with a, uh, a psychiatrist on Coast to Coast a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Richard Gallagher. And he insists uh, he's identified a number of authentic cases of demonic possession. And of course, earlier this week, Ryan Peterson uh, was on the pod talking about uh, the Nephilim and their fathers, the fallen angels. Geez, I hope by talking about this subject, I haven't opened myself up to some kind of demonic oppression or, or infestation. If there are demons in the attic, I hope they'll busy themselves with all the back issues of National Geographic we store up there, and they'll leave my eternal soul the hell alone. Ah, what the heck? Why stop now? Let's get into this some more, shall we? The devil goes by many names and his tribe is legion throughout human history we've been obsessed with the dark opposites of God and angels, light and mercy whether it's our religions and sacred texts folklore and myths of old legends, fairy tales, novels or the movies and television shows of today the dark entities enthrall us terrify us and remind us of the dualities of life but where do they originate and are they real? does every religion or region of the world include them? Well, that's what we're going to discuss over the next 40 minutes or so. Marie D. Jones is a best-selling author of nonfiction and fiction and a screenwriter-producer with her own company, Where's Lucy Productions. She's appeared on television and on radio all over the world and has hundreds of credits writing for magazines, guest blogs, reviews, short stories, online articles, gift books. She's lectured widely on the paranormal, unknown anomalies, cutting-edge science, metaphysics, and human consciousness. Her latest book, co-authored by Larry Flaxman is Demons, the Devil, and Fallen Angels. Hey Marie, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. congratulations on the new book in which you uh, co-author with uh, Larry Flaxman. You two have collaborated on a lot of uh, of books. What is it now? At least the two of you, what, 15?
1: Oh, no. No? For me, it's getting close to that, but I think this is our ninth Book, and we're planning on doing another one um so that'll be number ten excellent, but yeah, it just seems like <laughs> seems like they're all you know there's fifteen of them.
0: Well, you are you are so prolific, and I always look forward to the next one and the next one and the next one. And now we have demons, the devil, and fallen angels. Uh, and this topic, I mean, there's such a proliferation on on television and in films and in literature. So much of it now, uh, I mean, just look at the the, the weekly TV lineup. It's just chock a block with shows about demons and the occult and the paranormal. Uh, which is, you know, sort of caused a bit of a backlash, I suppose, from uh religious uh, people. And so I'm, I'm just wondering, do you think we're in a bit of a satanic panic?
1: You know, I think it kind of goes in cycles, because if you recall, you know, years ago, when movies like The Exorcist came out, and The Omen, and Entity, and there were a number of really, really creepy horror movies that focused on demons or Satan or the devil or the Antichrist, what you know, whatever. And, it, and then it kind of disappeared for a while and we went through our ghost period, you know, and then we might go through a UFO period where movies and TV shows are focusing on UFOs. Now it seems like uh, demons have come back into favor, And Larry and I also noticed that even within the paranormal community, where maybe five years ago, everything was a ghost, you know, everything didn't even matter what it was. It was a ghost. Well, now you've got paranormal researchers and investigators blaming everything on the devil. They're all demons. Everybody's a demonologist. (laughs) It's become uh, kind of a popular field of study so I think it goes in cycles, and I think also when society is falling apart a little bit, we we tend to pay more attention and give more energy to the, the dark side. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, I, like I hear people say things like, well, Satan is alive and running around in the streets, and he's controlling people and controlling our politicians. And to me, that's a cop-out. I think that's an excuse for... The darker side of human behavior. Um, and, And that's one of the things that we definitely wanted to explore is, is there a link between the dark side of our own behavior, our own shadow image, and this sort of fascination that we have for demons and the devil?
0: So there are those who believe in in certainly the spirit of 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 Satan. In other words, people that behave in a satanic manner, and that it would be sort of giving in to the 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 darker, the darkest nature of the human condition. And then there are those who actually believe in an entity, uh, Satan. Do you come down one way or the other on that?
1: With this book, (laughs) we tried to be just objective. And educational, and kind of keep a lot of personal opinion out of it because that was the nature of the book that we were asked to write um, by the publisher, by Vis- Visible Ink Press. However, personally, and I know Larry feels the same way I do, which is why we, you know, we get along so well. I, when you do the research and you go back in time and you examine where these concepts originated from, you see that. They did not start out the way that they ended up now. They started out as a, a way for primitive humans to categorize their environment. You know, this is good, this is beneficial, this is bad, this is negative, And then eventually applying deities to the good side and the bad side. And then narrowing those deities down to two, God and Satan. So when people say things like, well, Satan is real, and he's governing all of the things that are going on in the world today, I have a hard time with that. Again, because I know where all of these concepts originated from. But what I do agree with is that there is a a darker adversarial element within each of us. I think, you know, this may sound a little metaphysical, but I think that we're all walking gods and Satan. You know, we have the capability of violence and destruction just as we do love and, and creation.
0: Right, right. Um, the, the concept of Satan or even, uh, you know, a devil or, or one that is in opposition to God, does that, does that uh, exist in most of the major religions or is it mainly sort of a Judeo-Christian uh, phenomenon? Uh,
1: you know, every religion, every religious tradition has some symbolic, uh, you know, deities or deity <laughs> that sort of is split between good and evil, you know, that duality between good and evil. But because Judeo Christianity and, and actually all three of the Western traditions, including um, Islam, they're the most prevalent for us here, you know, in the Western Hemisphere, that we tend to kind of, you know, be more influenced by those ideas. So Satan... Now, now first of all, if you go back and you study where the concept of the devil started, you'll see that the idea of Satan came a little bit later. Then there was this idea of Lucifer, Are these three different entities? Are they all the same? Are they... Then there's a serpent, there's a dragon, there's a a snake. There's so many different symbols for this king of darkness, if you will, that even if you just use the Bible, the Old Testament, as your research tool, you would be so confused. Um, And then when you look at uh, other traditions, you know, Hinduism has satanic deities. Even Buddhism. Buddhism has Mara, who is a destructive, almost demonic uh, being, but very, very, you know, highly symbolic in nature. Buddhists did not believe that Mara was an actual deity, but rather a symbol of the temptation of the Buddha when he was under the Bodhi tree. You know, the same thing with Jesus being tempted by the the, uh, devil. That whole idea that Um, You know, you have these, these people that want to retain their goodness and purity, they're tempted by their own darker side, their own shadow self. And so that kind of manifested into these external tempters, these adversaries, you know, the ones that questioned the power and the goodness of Jesus or Buddha or, you know, any other religious figure.
0: When I, you mentioned Lucifer, which conjures up, you know, the the, the stories of the fallen angels, uh, you know, commingling with the daughters of men and creating these uh, hybrids, the Nephilim. Uh, some, many uh, scholars believe these are the giants uh, that we hear about in the Old Testament. Um, but I've always been sort of a little confused as to the difference between uh, fallen angels and, and demons. Can you help clarify that for me?
1: Well, demons were are, I guess you could say, or were considered the minions of the head honcho, whether you're talking about the devil, D-E-V-I-L, or Satan. Uh, demons are considered lesser evil entities. That, there were many different hier- hierarchies of, you know, which demons were more powerful than the others, and some of them were like the drones, you know, the, the worker bees. Fallen angels are a completely different concept. The fallen angels are basically considered deities, godlike beings, that fell from grace because they wanted to mate with human women, and their offspring became the giants that we know of as the the, uh, Nephilim So they were angels that, you know, you could almost say that they weren't happy being in heaven, or they questioned, in the case of Lucifer, questioned God's authority, God's power. Um, Lucifer was said to have been a favorite angel, a beautiful, beautiful uh, angel that maybe was a little vain, a little, you know, troublemaker, and who questioned the authority of God and was booted out of heaven because of it, kind of in the same way that Adam and Eve were booted out of, you know, the garden for eating the forbidden fruit. What's interesting about Lucifer, though, I think one of the most fascinating things that I really didn't know that much about, because this this whole book really was a realm of uh, research that I hadn't done a whole lot of before, was the, associ- the potential association between Lucifer and Venus the morning star right and how he lucifer is even referred to as the light bringer the morning star um, and also the potential association with a babylonian king who's you know and it's funny because when you when you read this and you learn these things you start to realize well the lucifer that everybody believes in and talks about now is probably built upon a foundation of misinterpretation Hmm. Um, because a lot of people just have no clue where the Lucifer that they either claim to worship or condemn uh, even came from. So the fallen angels are fascinating, though, and I don't necessarily think they qualified as demons, but we included them in the book because they do take on a sort of Darker aspects, simply because they went against the the decision of God, you know, and they came down and they mated with lowly human women. So that sort of desire for sexual intercourse with humans is what caused their fall from grace.
0: Let's let's talk about uh, some of the uh, the demons, and, and they have they go by different names, and and some of these I think sort of cut across uh religious traditions. My my boys right now in are doing a novel study and they're doing Lord of the Flies, uh, which is uh you know, that's Bilzebub. Where does where does Beelzebub come from? And and where does that name Lord of the Flies come from?
1: Lord of the Flies? Oh my God. I read that back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> well Beelzebub is one of the many popular names for de- the devil. Not necessarily Satan, but the devil along with uh, Azeroth, and oh gosh, there's a million of them. Larry actually did a really amazing list. I think it's in the appendix of the book. Yes, on all of the different names of the devil. Honest to God, I don't remember Lord of the Flies. But uh, I mean, I remember the plot. I right. remember the, the boys were reverting to sort of um, really violent behavior. For me, the the association with Beelzebub <laughs> comes from that. Darn movie with, what's his name, Michael Keaton?
0: Oh, that's right, Beetlejuice. (laughs) Beetlejuice, (laughs) yeah. That's
1: right. Oh, that's another name, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's so many different names depending on a regional, um, country, religion, uh, tradition, you know, whatever cultural belief or tradition the you know, the Middle Eastern Jinn they have their own names, the Persians and Islam has their names for their demons. But I think that they may all be the same entities. It's just you know, we give them different names. Depending on where we where we live or where we've um you know, where we grow up and
0: Sure. The the um the Canaanite um uh, god uh, Baal, I guess uh, which meant lord. I mean is Baal synonymous with with Satan? Do you do do
1: you think? I think it's just another association, another name again based on cultural or regional dif- differences. Um I'm going to actually try to find this list because one of the things that we found when we were going over the list was just the the, the repetition. You know, you'd have uh, five or six different names for the demon that was supposed to be right under Satan, right, in, in the right. hierarchy in hell. And then you'd have maybe ten different names of the lowest-level demons. And I really think it depends on whether it's from Babylonian demonology or Christian demonology, it is a you know Hungarian? There's Roman demonology. We found so many different names of entities that all seem to be the same when when you sort of did a little bit of comparison. Um, oh my gosh, Hindu demonology. So yeah, I think the concept was widespread. The Eastern traditions, uh, Buddhism, Confucianism—they tend to avoid. The the God-demon breakdown because it's simply not a part of their belief system. But even so, they recognize symbols of good and evil, um, just in a little bit of a different form.
0: Right. And it it seems that throughout history, you know, one group's uh, pantheon of gods is. You know an, another group's uh, pantheon of of demons. Uh, so
1: right, exactly. Yeah, you know it's like uh, Astaroth, You know the great Duke of Hell. We got a real really big kick out of some of the titles. That you know it's almost like uh, a, a, a castle full of royalty, the Earl and Dukes of Hell. <laughs> and uh, but you'll find. You know, like uh, ball is supposed to be one of the the big guys, the head demons. Well, it says here that such and such is a head demon, and then over here it's it. So I think it really is just regional, depending on what religion, what part of the world believed in that particular demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, I kind of tend to think that they're talking about the same the same thing
0: right Not I mean,
1: that, you know so people don't think oh my god there's millions of demons out there well that could be true but i tend to think it's more um like we call a a dog a dog but you know in a different language they call it uh, what is it pero in spanish and and we may give different names to different things that somebody in taiwan will have a complete different name for, it, but we're all talking about the same thing
0: right right do do you include in uh, I guess the um it's kind of like an the Audubon guide to demons here but uh, <laughs> w- <laughs> the Audubon field guide of demonology but yeah, would, would incubu- incubus and succubus and uh, things like the old hag be part of that?
1: you know we included them we included. Cryptids, we included shadow people, hat people, mothman, um, the old hag, Krampus, uh, succubi, incubi. We included anything and everything that we have seen people associate with evil Um, because some people will say, well, they're demonic. You know, they're, they're either their behavior is demonic, or they're outright demonic entities. Now, they may not necessarily be legitimate demons when you go back and look at that list in the back of the book, but they take on a sort of demonic quality, just like the haunted dolls that we talk about. And you know, um, what's the doll's name? Annabelle, haunted toys. Are these, you know, are they possessed by demons? Or are they just evil? Uh, so yeah, we included everything, and I really think that that's what we humans do. We label things either good, and then we put them all in the good category, and then we label things demonic and bad, and we put those all in the bad category, right? Even yeah. though they might not be. You know, if you if you look at uh, something like Mothman, was Mothman a demonic entity? I know that you know that there are people that say that he, he it was frightening and caused death, um, but I don't necessarily know that it was demonic so much that it might have been something completely from another reality or another dimension.
0: Right, any more than uh, than Bigfoot or chupacabras, exactly. right. Yeah, right.
1: chupacabras, right. Even aliens. I mean, we did include a little bit about aliens because we... You know, we hear about alien abductions and we automatically uh, attach a sort of negative, evil quality to aliens when maybe they're just doing the same thing that we do when we go out into the wild and we tag and trap animals so that we could study animal behavior. You know, are we doing it because we're evil or are we doing it because we want to learn about the animal behavior? And they could be doing the very same thing with humans, but because it hurts us, And it's fearful, and it represents the unknown. We tag it as demonic and evil and bad.
0: Well, I don't happen to be someone who agrees that these alien abductions are in our best interest. Uh, But my good friends at Life Extension, they do have our best interest in mind. Our bodies deserve the best, but how do you choose the very best nutritional supplements or even know what's in them? Well, Life Extension has been helping people stay healthy for over 35 years. Just like with the foods you eat, the quality, purity, and potency of the ingredients in your nutritional supplements really do matter. Life Extension Supplements set the gold standard for supporting weight loss, heart, brain, bone, joint, eye, skin, sexual health, and so much more. Their formulas are based in the latest scientific research and clinically validated dosages. That's one reason why 98% of their customers recommend Life Extension to their friends and family. Every Life Extension product is backed by a total satisfaction guarantee. The bottom line? Life Extension is the brand you can trust with your health. Check out Life Extension products with special savings. Visit SmartClickIdea.com. That's SmartClickIdea.com. SmartClickIdea.com.
2: Theoretical physicists say that there's as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, Here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five.
0: Marie Jones is here. She's the co-author of Demons, the Devil, and Fallen Angels. I wanted to ask you about a possible connection between the fallen angels and the alien abduction phenomenon. Uh, you know, assuming that there's some sort of hybrid programming going on program going on. And many ufologists believe that there might be Matthew. I think it's chapter 24 as it was in the days of Noah. So, so will it be again? What do you think of that? The connection between well, the alien abduction <laughs> phenomenon and fallen angels?
1: I think that it would be really, really easy to take angels, demons, Aliens, entities, and interch- they're all interchangeable. Were were the were the people that wrote the the texts that were used in the Old and New Testament, and you know, were our ancestors seeing angels, or were they seeing aliens coming down from the sky? And and because they didn't have any scientific understanding of the fact that there could be other civilizations traveling here from you know far out in the universe or possibly another universe they they gave it a religious connotation right but could they have been seeing aliens and could those aliens have been breeding with human women and could the the nephilim have been hybrids human alien hybrids and i know that you know the ancient alien theory speaks of a lot of alien intervention and interference possibly throughout human history. So we don't have any way of really knowing if they're talking about honest god angels that sat at the right hand of the Father up in Heaven and then, you know, some of them fell from grace, or aliens that they just didn't really quite know how to um, wrap their minds around. are the aliens today, Angel? You know, I mean, I, I just really feel like you've got all these this imagery of things that look like ufos and and you know men wear or people wearing spacesuits and things that look like they're alien intermixed with stories of angels and you know whether it's ancient greek or roman mythology or what have you uh religion myths are they talking about angel angels and demons or are they talking about aliens
0: that is the uh, the $64 million question. Yeah. <laughs> um I recently um, uh, I I've, I've talked to him before, but recently uh, on Coast to Coast I interviewed Dr. Richard Gallagher, who is a state certified psychiatrist in New York, and oh maybe 10 years ago he wrote a piece for the uh, it was a Catholic publication called The New Observer, uh titled An Authentic Case of Demonic Possession. And uh, he was asked to uh, consult with a group of uh, of priests. Uh, and they brought this uh, woman whom he calls Julia uh, to his office. And after sort of putting her through a battery of psychological tests and so forth, he he came to the conclusion that she, this was an authentic case of demonic possession. What do you make of that?
1: Well, okay. So again, I, I I'm kind of split down the middle here. Um, so we wrote a lot about exorcisms and, uh, demonic possession, and there are a lot of really compelling cases, but because I, I don't know, because I'm the daughter of a, of a physicist and have a little bit of a skeptical bent, I also know that people manifest symptoms and behaviors that can look like demonic possession on their own, um, you know i've have actually seen it happen in a physical therapy unit where there were children who had some mental issues and um, you know not to breach anybody's privacy but it looked like they were possessed now i'm not going to i'm not going to say that this doesn't exist but are these priests and are these demonologists viewing what they're dealing with through a distorted lens based upon their own beliefs um, because we don't hear a lot about demonic possession outside of countries that are not uh, primarily uh, Christian
0: hmm.
1: and, and even if you go to places like Africa uh, or even you know within voodoo and Santeria now the, now they'll tell you that they're being possessed by the spirits, but they're not necessarily demonically possessed. It's a, it's a little bit of a different concept. But those religions here in America have been heavily influenced by Catholicism. I don't know that I've, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or anyone can, but I don't know that I've ever heard of a case of an atheist or a non-religious person claiming to, you know, be demonically possessed. I could be wrong. Hmm, I don't know. But I wonder if our faith and belief takes on a power of its own, through which we then view the lens of whatever it is. You know, some of these people could have had severe mental illness. Some of them could have been schizophrenic. They could have been, uh, you know, just, who knows?
0: Well, in, in, in Gallagher's case, I mean, he was trained obviously to determine whether if there was any underlying mental illness, and in, in, in this case, he he ruled all of those things out. And uh, um, I'm curious
1: yeah. what made him think that it was, though, because you know, are there any people who are not priests? or you know trained in the catholic church or whatever church that do exorcisms or can deal with demonic possessions it always seems to have that the association with roman catholicism christianity mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I just, you know, I, I, I need to question that.
0: Right, sure.
1: Now, again, I'm not saying because, you know, somebody could come and show me somebody floating. but And, and it also sounds similar to poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that poltergeist activity is actually a lot more natural than it appears to be. It appears to be very frightening. But it does involve brain activity. And uh, I don't know if, and I think maybe this will be in book two, if I have ever heard of a case of demonic possession, where the people involved were not um, associated with a particular religion that that believed in that.
0: Right, right. It's a, it's an excellent point. Uh, I want to just shift gears a little bit and talk about the Church of Satan and um, a rather interesting character to say the to say the least, Anton LaVey. Um I guess he passed on about twenty years ago. And um, (laughs) uh, what do you make, I mean, who was this guy really, and what do you make, was he just putting everyone on, or did he really believe in this, and what did he believe, in fact?
1: Well, I got, I wanted, I got to sort of qualify this, because this is really interesting. When I wrote my very first book, Science, which kind of looked at the quantum physics and uh, human consciousness and the paranormal, And I did a whole lot of radio. I was getting a lot of emails from um, members of the Church of Satan congratulating me on the book because I presented a scientific viewpoint of what other people think of as God. And I thought that was the oddest thing, and it really scared the crap out of me. And I think I actually made sort of a snarky comment about the Church of Satan, which I knew nothing about, I will admit. And I had a couple of people email me and say, you know, we're from the Church of Satan, and we want to let you know what we do and what we believe in. And they laid it all out for me, and they sent me to their website, and they they weren't trying to convert me. And I said, oh, I'm really embarrassed. These people are not what the media has portrayed them to be. Now, Anton LaVey was a showman, I mean, he started out really interestingly uh, as a musician, um, which so did Manson and David Koresh. Now, I don't know You know, <laughs> if that's just a weird coincidence, but he was, you know, just real charismatic and everybody loved him. And he thought of himself as, you know, an, an occultist and just this really uh, grandiose character. So obviously he was narcissistic and had a huge ego and he hung out with celebrities and I think really what the Church of Satan and all of the other churches that sort of sprung around that or around the same time, they're hedonists. they they were not child sacrificers. They didn't, you know, kill people and uh, rape children or anything. They enjoyed the they enjoyed being human, let's put it that way. Now part of being human is your sexuality. So there's a lot of embracing of human sexuality in the Church of Satan. Whereas if you look at Christianity, sexuality is evil. It's shunned. You know, it's, it's degraded. It's looked down upon. So, yeah, but he was a character, I think his whole point was to question authority, the whole adversary, you know, Satan being the adversary that questioned the power of God. And I think that a lot of people were attracted to that, especially during the 70s and, you know, the the sort of after Vietnam War, people really were more about questioning the establishment. And it kind of went back to the church, the power of the church during the Inquisition and the witch burnings, and now here we are again, and now we can really question the establishment and stand up against the man and have our own thing, and that was the Church of Satan for a lot of people. But, you know, they had a lot of really famous members, and
0: sure. Jane
1: Mansfield, S- yes. you know. Um, Sammy Davis, Sammy Jr. Davis Jr. <laughs> and the more that I learned, and this was years ago, again, when I was kind of told, you know, don't insult us if you don't know what we're about. Um, I realized that there there was not a whole lot to be afraid of. However, having said that, you know we went through the whole satanic panic in the '90s and this, uh, the idea of ritual satanic abuse of children and whatnot. Just because the Church of Satan and some of these other organizations were not doing evil things, doesn't mean that there were extremist groups that you know that were there were there were extremists. Satanic groups, just as there are extremist Christian, you know, the white supremacist identity movement, and just as there are extremist Muslims. Um, So Satanism, modern-day Satanism, got a really bad rap because of those extremists. They were committing crimes. They were killing cats. There was a big... Deal with killing cats and leaving them out, and, you know putting the symbol of Satan <clears throat> scaring the crap out of people and I actually remember seeing that on the news when I was young, so I think it's just another you know another um example of something being totally misinterpreted. And the media and the public focusing on the ne- the super negative aspect of it, which was the extremist element of it. Well, I, I mean, uh, the Church of Satan became a legitimate religion, mm-hmm. and even the army, you know, they they included right. it in their uh, chaplain manual, so it couldn't have been that bad.
0: Although I I don't know, levey may not have done himself any favors when he played Satan himself in in uh, Rosemary's Baby in the rape scene. I, I guess it was, it was yeah, uncredited.
1: I think he was like Alistair Crowley. He was a showman. He was, uh, you know, he wanted attention. He was a, a, an extreme, you know, behavior, almost like a clown. But I don't think that that made him evil. But I think that he wanted people to think he was. And I think, you know, with the Church of Satan, they're, they really kind of were self-gratifying uh that's you know something that they stood for self gratification gratifying the ego whereas you know we were told in other traditional religions that we need to shun the ego that the self should not be satisfied that you must serve and do everything for others
0: right um, so, um one of the the Manson family i think it was was it Susan Atkins um she was involved in the uh, the Tate LoBianco murders, and wasn't she was yeah. involved with LeVay, Wasn't she? Didn't wasn't she either in the church or in one of his productions?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. But you know, yeah, I, I, this is where this is where the line becomes very blurred. Are these true religions? Or are they cults? You know, where where does the line between a church that's led by someone who is that um, extravagant and sort of flamboyant and boisterous, <laughs> does it turn into a cult? But the, the, things, the things that we found with satanic cults was that they tended to be, again, more extremist. Mm-hmm. They were not about, you know, filing nonprofit paperwork and trying to do things legally. They were more just about, we can do whatever we want, following uh, some leader blindly. You know, a lot of people said that Charles Manson was a Satanist. I think he was just nuts. (laughs) I don't think he was lucid enough to really even understand these concepts.
0: (laughs) Right, right. But
1: look at somebody like David Koresh. Now, David Koresh was on the other extreme because he believed that he was chosen by God to lead the Branch Davidians. Mm -hmm. And so here you have sort of the flip side of Anton LaVey or or of a Charles Manson.
0: Interesting about LaVey, the the irony is that that he ends up dying in a Catholic hospital.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. And they took care of him, didn't they?
0: They did indeed. Um, They did indeed. (laughs) Demons, the Devil, and Fallen Angels. Uh, Marie, thank you so much for this. Always a pleasure.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you. It was nice to talk to you again.
0: And uh, how can people get a hold of this uh, book, Demons, the Devil, and Fallen Angels?
1: It is in bookstores, online, offline, brick and mortar. And I know that it's in libraries, too. So should be easy to find.
0: Excellent. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I want to let you in on my plans for the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. Before that, just a reminder, if you want to get in on our weekly draw for a chance to win a copy of my Strange Planet CD, it's real simple and kind of fun. All you need to do is rate and review this podcast, then grab a screenshot of that and email it to me at richardserat1 at com. Don't forget to include your name and mailing address. Your name goes into the draw, and then be listening to this podcast on Friday, and you could hear your name called. I'll drop your CD in the post right after the show. Good luck. Say, are you struggling with your weight loss program? Been there. I know how you feel. Unfortunately, the commitment to weight loss often fades. Many people simply give up in the first 90 days. The key is having the right mindset. Getting thin and staying that way lies in our thought processes, and hypnotherapy can actually make a great difference. Now, clinical hypnotherapist Dr. Steve G. Jones has created a set of five audio hypnotic sessions that apply the power of hypnosis to reprogram the mind and replace bad habits with vibrant positive new habits and help you achieve natural and long-lasting weight loss. Weight Loss Hypnotherapy really works, and it's available now at a special discount. Isn't it time to lose those extra pounds? Check out Weight Loss Hypnotherapy right now at SmartClickSavings.com. That's SmartClickSavings.com. Coming up on the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited, an attorney, science teacher, author, and father of a daughter with autism discusses the connections between autism and vaccinations. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett.